Mark chapter number 12 and verse number 28. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What makes that so much alike is the simple fact that if you're in love with Jesus Christ, it'll make you love other folks. If I find in any day, any way, any shape, form, or fashion that I have a problem loving you, my problem's not with you, my problem's with God. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's none other commandment greater than these. Now, I didn't say that was easy, but that is the greatest commandment. Top two. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offering and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, that means wisely or prudently, He said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. What's that mean? That means he's saying you're just about to really get a hold of something. And no man after that dressed ask him any question. Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? Jesus just confounded the scribes and the Pharisees. And you know what happened then? The common people heard him gladly. You know what they thought? They thought, praise God, this man has shut up this bunch of religious Pharisees and scribes, and we're going to listen to him. And the common people heard him gladly. And he said unto them in his doctrine, beware the scribes. Now watch the context of all that's being said here. That love to go and long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace. And the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms in the feast, which devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers, these shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and he beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, 
that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. If the Lord will help me this morning, this is just so sweet and so simple, but I'm going to give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me, and I'm going to talk to you on the subject of giving God everything. Here in Mark chapter 12 and verse number 28, you've seen the backdrop, the context of much of what's taken place here. You see a group of individuals, of Pharisees, of scribes, of religious leaders of that day that are interested, Brother James, in making a big show out of everything they do. And Jesus is literally rebuking all this religious hoopla and all this mess that's going on. In Mark chapter 12, verse 28, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, asked him which is the first commandment of all. This scribe wasn't being a smart aleck. He really wanted to know. He really wanted to understand God of all the commandments, of the laws, of all the things that's important to God. Lord, would you show me and tell me what goes on the top of the list? I mean, God, really, when it cuts right down to it, Lord, there's a lot of religious rigmarole going on. But God, would you help me know what's important and what really matters when this thing's done? What does this man have that sets him apart from the other scribes and Pharisees and religious leaders that Christ dealt with that day? This man, Brother Mark, grasped the divine truth that salvation is not based on an outward appearance. It's not based on religious rigors or rituals, but rather on the condition of the heart and the submission of a man's heart to God. He was getting a hold of this thing, Brother Tim. He was understanding this thing's got to be bigger than just going through the routine we're going through. Church, please, for the cause of Christ, get a hold of the fact that this thing is a lot bigger than coming down here on Sunday morning and singing a couple of songs and letting me yell at you for a few minutes and you going back to the house. This is not about going through a religious routine. It's about what is going on in your heart. Verse number 41, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. Now if you'll understand the backdrop of this story of this picture... Here's a woman that comes into the temple. She's a poor woman. She's a needy woman. And there's certain boxes or containers or coffers, if you will, that are strategically placed around the temple. This is not tithes, Brother Jesse. These are free will love offerings. These are gifts that have to do with some ministration of the temple, but they also have to do with alms gifts that are given to the poor. Brother Mark, she's not given her tithes 
tithe. A tithe by definition means a tenth or ten percent of the first fruit. This week somebody just sweetly, tenderly gave me a hundred dollar bill to try to be a blessing and encouragement to me. And Miss Megan, when they gave me that $100 bill, I had two $5 bills in my pocket, Brother Jesse. I took 10%, I folded it two times neatly and put it in a certain place in my wallet. And before that offering bucket ever went around this morning, them two $5 bills went in that offering. That's the tithe. That's 10% of the first fruit off the top. Leviticus 27.30 said, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. Did you get that? Is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. You say, Brother Mike, we don't live under the law. Tithing started a long time before the law ever started. Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek long before there ever was a law. And Jacob promised tithes to the Lord long before there ever was a law. Tithe is literally an opportunity for faithfulness. God's been good enough to give you finances. God's good enough to give you a living. And God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to see if you're willing to be faithful. And if you're willing to be faithful with that little bit I give you, I'll give you more. If you're faithful over a few things, God said he'd make you ruler over many things. And I watch a lot of people and this suggests to me, Miss Lord, something very important. If God's not blessing in your life, there's a good chance somewhere down the road he's either going to real good or number two, then you're not being faithful over the little bit God has given you. And that's most folks' problem, not being faithful over the little bit God has given them. But listen to what he said in Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes? And in offerings. You see, they're separate. They're totally different things. A tithe is not an offering. I don't have... I don't have an offering to give anybody out of my tithe that belongs to the Lord. As a matter of fact, that goes to the storehouse according to the Word of God. That that tithe, listen, I don't give my tithe to the goodwill. I don't give my tithe to the Salvation Army. I don't give my tithe to some missionary. I don't give my tithe to somebody standing on the street that has need. Where's the tithe go? Goes to the storehouse. Well, what's the storehouse? The local church, the local assembly. And that was God's way of covering the needs at the temple. Now an offering was for something entirely different. But the word of God says ye are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me. Let me help you out child of God with two things right here you need to understand. If you want to get in trouble so deep with God that you don't know which way's up and you don't know how to get out, there's two ways you can get in real serious trouble with God. And the first one is to take what belongs to God and you do with it what you want to do with it instead of what God wants you to do with it and you're in trouble. The second way you can get in real big trouble is to be bitter. Bitterness 
and that envy and strife will get you in trouble. And these two things right here would take a child of God so far away from God that you feel like you can't get back in line. But I'm telling you what, if you do what God tells you to do, and I thank God, I believe with all my heart, there's a vast majority of you here that tithe, and I, I appreciate that, but it has nothing to do with me. It ain't my money. Don't come to me, Brother Mark. It's for the ministry of the church, and it helps us support missions. It helps us keep the work going. It helps us keep the CDs going out. But the word of God said, You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now wherewith, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now listen, God made you a promise. God made you a solemn promise, number one, that if you'll tithe, he'll bless you. And number two, if you won't tithe, he'll curse you. Now that, I didn't make that up. This, I, I've been accused of a lot of things, Miss Lynn. I didn't write this book. This is what God said. And God made you a promise. Now it's up to you. Do you want a blessing or do you want a curse? Now, that ain't, my, ain't Brother Mike's deal. That's yours. You deal with that as you see fit. But God told us in the Word of God that He'll either curse us or bless us. Look what God said. This is one of the blessings, Brother Jesse, in verse number 11. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Who's the devourer? Satan. God said, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I may not send you a check in the mail. But I'll hold Satan off you and put some blessings on your life. You say, I'm going through hell by the acre. You don't know what you might be going through if God wasn't holding the devil off you, friend. Hey, if God turned the devil off loose on me or you either one, we couldn't stand it this morning. And God said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. This is not a tithe. This woman's given a free will offering. And a tithe is an opportunity for you to prove whether or not God can trust you to be faithful. I don't know whether you're tithing or not, but God does. It's an opportunity between you and Him. Can you be faithful? But to give an offering is an opportunity to give from the abundance of your heart. And not from the abundance of your wealth. Now I'm going to look at this woman. This poor widow woman. And the first thing I want to look at is her contribution. Her seemingly insignificant contribution. Would have probably been a J-O-K-E joke. To the wealthy individuals that were there that day. Because all of their emphasis was placed on the outward show and what men could see with human eyes and human understanding. But human understanding and human intellect and human emotions and human reasoning leads human beings down a broad beaten path that knows the rites and the rituals of religion but knows nothing about the new birth, knows nothing about the Holy Ghost of God, and knows nothing about real fellowship with Jesus Christ. I'm trying to make an application here. Stay with me. 
Those that stood by that day and gave out of their abundance understood what it was to have an outward show. But there's something going on with this little widow woman that's a whole lot more than an outward show. This morning I could twist your arm. I could take some of these teenagers and young people and I could twist their arms and get some little two before profession out of them. Throw them head first in a baptizing hole and shout glory to God so many's got saved. But apart from the new birth experience, they'll die and go to hell. You make a good outward show of the flesh and you can keep your filth and corruption on the inside and you can be as clean as a hound's tooth on the outside, but God knows your wicked heart. Are you listening? Her contribution may have seemed small and insignificant and it might have even seemed foolish to the wealthiest spectators that stood around that day. But God is the judge and God was well pleased with what that little woman gave that day. I'm talking about her contribution. And Isaiah 29, 13, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, They've removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Her contribution, Brother Tim, wasn't by the precepts of men. This wasn't something some priest was looking over her shoulder. I mean, a lot of them good Pharisees would like to have done a good alms deed and give that woman a, a, a check for $100 that day to make her feel better and, and look better and more pious and religious in the eyes of the people. But this woman didn't come to get a blessing. She come to give one. She come to try to do something here. Now, stay with me. Her contribution, you look at her confidence. Mark chapter 12, verse 44, For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. The word abundance that those wealthy individuals put in means in excess. It means over and above. It means they figured out they're going to pay their power bill. It means they figured out they're going to pay their rent, their car payment. It means they're going to make their boat payment, their sea do payment, and they made their four wheeler payment, and they made that payment on them dishes, and they paid their Avon bill, and they paid all the other folks, and they did all they did, give their children their allowance, got gas money for that week, and when everything was done, whatever they had left, then they took that and they give God a little offering out of it. I tell you what they did. That's their excess. That's their abundance. There's no sacrifice in that. That don't tell you one thing about a man's heart. But in verse number 42, there came a certain poor widow. Brother Ricky, she didn't have to give. And she didn't have any way of getting anything. She didn't have a husband at home to take care of her. She was taken out of the very life existence that she had. The Word of God said out of her want. That means out of her lack or her shortfall. You got to get a grip of what this means. Does that mean that she gave her grocery money? Miss Felder, she didn't have grocery money. Them two mites wasn't going to get a sack of groceries at Food Line. She didn't have enough to do anything with. Boy, there's something deeper in all this. She gave all she had. And apart from God's blessing, 
What she had would not do her one bit of good. But with a simple childlike faith, she trusted God enough that she was willing to take what she had, realizing and understanding what she had would not sustain her. What she had would not meet her need. But you can see selfish man that would said, I wouldn't give that for the world. But she realized, Miss Megan, whatever it is she's got's doing her no good. This ain't going to fix her problem. And she may as well be willing to give it up. You know why some of you are going to die and go to hell? What you've got ain't worth spent. It ain't worth having. It won't fix you. It won't do nothing for you, but you ain't willing to give it to God. Her contribution and her confidence. She loved God enough to give Him everything she had. How'd she demonstrate her love for God? She trusted Him enough that she didn't hold back one thing. I find most men and women today in Baptist churches are not willing to be honest with God. They'll never open up their heart to Him and they'll never let God really see on the inside. And they think they got something hid and never consider that God sees the whole thing anyway. What's God want from you, friend? This is simple. Everything. Everything. And if you're holding one thing back, you'll never get it. What's God really want, Jesse? He wants everything. Total 100% surrender. When you give God your heart, when you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, guess what? If you love Him with all your heart, then the rest of that stuff comes easy. But you know why that other stuff don't come easy? Because folks don't love Him with all their heart. I love my wife with all my heart. And everything I got's hers. My wife don't worry about finances. My wife don't write checks. My wife don't know how to use credit cards. My wife don't know how to pump gas. You know why? It ain't her job. It's mine. It's my job. My responsibility to take care of my wife. My responsibility. And I try my best to do it well. And I give every single thing I got to make sure she had what she needs. And I'm going to tell you what, God bankrupt heaven and make sure you have what you need today. And man sustains you. Man won't trust God with his piddly little old sin. His piddly little old miserable life that don't mean doodly squat. I mean just wandering around in the darkness in a world of sin and degradation and don't have any joy and don't have any peace. And just got a heart full of malice and envy and strife and sedition and a bunch of foolishness and would not be willing to give God our little mess so he can bless us what a shame but I'll tell you what she had great confidence and then I finally see her commendation Mark chapter number 12 verse 41 Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury what are you saying preacher God's watching you friend He's a-looking, Brother James. He's keeping notes. He was watching that girl. She didn't have much to work with. But she took what she had and she was willing to give it. Because the heart of that poor widow was to please God. I'm through right here. 
Brother James, it reminds me of me. Because God knows my heart and God knows I ain't got much to work with. God knows, Miss Lori, I make a mess out about everything I try to touch. God said He knows my frame and He remembers I'm dust. Brother James, I ain't even got two mites. But if I be willing to give God my heart, that's what He wants. God wouldn't want her offering that day. God was wanting her heart and God was going to take care of her. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God, I ain't just bumping you up for a bigger offering. Are you that dumb? Well, God's wanting your heart. God knows that if you ever give your heart to Him, everything else will work out just fine. The reason so much won't work out is folks won't give God their heart. Boy, He knows my heart, Miss Megan. He knows as big a bumbling idiot as I am, as much a mess I make. God knows, Miss Sally, I want to serve Him. God knows I love Him. Brother Timmy knows I want to do right. Hey, that's what God's after. God's not interested in what kind of great sacrifice we can make, Brother Mark. God's not interested in whether or not we can pray 15 hours a day. God's not interested in whether we study our Bible the rest of the time during the day. God's interested in our heart. Are we longing after Him? Do we yearn after Him? And do we really want to please Him? And if you really want to please God, you're going to. And if you ain't doing right, it's because you don't want to. Amen. Don't love God with all your heart. But I'm going to tell you what, in Mark 12, 43, called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Jesus wasn't saying she's put in more individually than they put in individually, Brother Jesse. Jesus said, you take everything they put in together, tied up in a big bundle, she still give a whole lot more than they have. Because she gave her heart, Miss Megan. Out of her want, out of her necessity, out of her need. You say, well... I ain't too impressed by that. Well, it don't matter whether you are or not. God was. God was so impressed and God was so moved by her contribution. God was so moved by her confidence that in the commendation of this woman, God saw fit to record what she did in the pages of this book. You know what? Brother Tim, nearly 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, I didn't have nothing to give God. All I had was a mess. All I had, Brother Mark, was just a great big old mess. And what I had wasn't going to fix me. It wasn't going to help me. It wasn't going to sustain me. And I was going to start to death and die with my mess. But on a couch, Brother Jesse, in a green cream-colored trailer, a poor widow boy... You say, that don't make sense. Yeah, that's me. Poor. Had no way of getting nothing. Couldn't fix nothing by myself. Had nothing to offer God. And what I had in this world would have been a joke. But Brother Mark, I was willing to give my mess to God. He turned around and did exactly what he said he'd do. He blessed me more abundantly than I could ever count it up. I can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like, Brother Tim, eternity with Jesus Christ. I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but thank God that's what I got for my two cents worth. Y'all following what I'm trying to say. 
God wants your heart, friend. God's not interested in you making some kind of big commitment or some public display of emotion or religious flesh. God's not interested in you selling your property and giving it to the church. God's interested in whether or not he has your heart. If he's got your heart, everything else is going to work out just fine. But he wants that first. Head bowed, nice closed.